This is an Adventures in Middle-earth actual play using Fantasy Grounds. You can find session summaries, items and characters on World Anvil, where our campaign is called In the Shadow of the Mountains. You'll find links to that and other forms of media for our sessions, as well as an index of this episode in the description. As usual, this episode has jump cuts to speed up the session. Previously on, orcs have been sneaking around Mountain Hall, but the locals have quickly chased them off, though not before a watchman had been assaulted, then thrown off the cliff edge. Lucky for him, he had been spotted on a ledge by Sigmar, who organised his rescue. Hathas expertly healed him, saving his life. Hartfast, the leader of Mountain Hall, showed his thanks by making the companions friends of the Burg, and a small celebration was held in their honour. Leaving Mountain Hall, resolved to ultimately check out the dark fortress Dwimmerhorn in the Gladden Fields, the Fellowship made for Trader's Island an ideal setting-off point. The journey was largely uneventful, and we joined the party as they arrive on the island. So if you remembered from the last session, um, you saved a man's life up in uh, Mountain Hall, were set a task, or actually provided a guide, and then suggested a roughly where to look to go and find out what strange darkness is emerging in the marshes. Um, and you spent a few days traveling south, um, ending up on a narrow... Trader Island, isn't it, or something? Trader's Island in the middle of the Anduin, yeah. Uh, so I spent a long time adding a whole bunch of stuff to World Anvil, which has got all, all of the detail there. And thank you very much, Steve, um, and Wolf Shield Games for a fine piece of work with the uh, video for YouTube. Much There's people watching uh, it nowadays. Unbelievable. Who'd ever listen to us? I assume they're relatives or friends of yours. Yeah. <laughs> or, or, or sock puppets. I, mean, I, I know I've got a, a right Irish Catholic side, but they're not even that many. <laughs> The last one had um, 44 views on YouTube, and then it had like uh, 30 downloads for the podcast, and that was for this one. Oh, sorry, the last session. God, no pressure, guys. That's really good. 51 I, subscribers I, I, on YouTube. I, I expect your best voice acting gentleman from now on, isn't it? So, um, <laughs> you basically pull up this, uh, pull up in this small boat that ferried you across the Anjuin. Took about 15 minutes. Uh, well, they weren't, I would say, rowing or. Uh, wanting more very very fast but you went you end up on this thin strip of land if you wanted to look on world anvil there is an image of it there i'm not going to download too many images here uh, they're they're big but um it's probably only about 50 yards across by about maybe a third of a mile long trees on the island never more than probably 20 feet above the water level at any time there's a very well-worn path from where you're dropped off um, with some wooden steps sort of dug into the earth. Um, you climb up a small bank and you're basically on the level island. Um, the path leads uh, through a little copse of trees and then you come out into an area with a load of colourful tents and um, temporary structures. They're not permanent, um, although some of them look like they've been here for a long time based on the, the paths around them. But there are traders and it looks like the all of the trade is happening through the river um there are quite a few boats moored um both sides of the river and people coming up to do business with the traders here what do you want to do get some new some fresh food i think first of all i guess wander up there and mingle and 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 see what we can see so roughly how many people are there john uh, probably 30, 40. Okay. Quite a, quite a decent number. 
But I guess we should wander up there and mingle a bit. Morning's going to cast his eye over them to see if there's anybody who sticks out. Yeah, Hathas will go for a bit of a undirected mooch to start off with. Just get a sense of feel for the place. Where are we? So if you look on the map, the party, there's a little arrow showing the party and you're on the oh, island blimey. in the yep. annual with Is that the party? Oh, no. <laughs> um... Traders Island is the refuge of the river folk. It is one of the larger islands in the Anduin. The river splits around a rocky outcropping like that of the Carrack, but basically it's like a bow of a ship at the front. You can see the water and hear it actually from here, uh, forging around it. And it's, there's a large amount of silt that's formed the island behind it. So it basically would, looks like it would have been just a rocky outcropping. Um, it has obviously been worn down over many years, um, and the island is basically on a flattish piece of, like a sandbar that's now got a lot of trees and stuff on behind it. Um, stunted trees and long grasses seem to kind of bind the island together. Um, you're recommended by Magrick not to go too near the edges, because it's not always safe, and you can be swept away. Um, but yes, yeah, there are lots of people trading. Um, if you're interested in looking looking around what's going on here, you can maybe find some items to buy. Yeah, Hathis will do a quick wander around and get an idea of what kind of stores there are. Is it just bolts of cloth and fur, or is it pots and pans and armour, or is it, you know, what what are the options? Like if you like the first scoot round a craft fair, you scoot round fast, see if it's, if it's all shite or whether there's anything worth looking at, and then you might home in on the hand-whittled wood stall or the it looks like pottery a, stall. It looks like a um, a dream for people who are interested in curiosities from the length and breadth of the Anduin. It's like it's like a bric-a-brac gone wild type <laughs> island. Oh god! Um, so if you, if you imagine like the a, a large load of like bring and buy sale of weird, interesting items and artifacts. That would be exactly what this looks like. Well, it's actually that's quite interesting because it might be won't be run of the mill stuff. There might be something of like, oh blimey, haven't seen one of these. I wasn't expecting one of those. So Hathas will look for stalled. especially look for anyone with anywhere where there's books or sort of scrolls or anything else that might interest his more highbrow collections. Okay, um, so what I will ask you to do is give me a intelligence investigation check. You're basically browsing loads and loads of stuff with hawkers trying to sell you pots and pans, <laughs> pouches full of weird-looking fungus, or you name it. <laughs> fungus? Oh, yeah, okay. No, okay, so what was that? Which role was that, John? Intelligence investigation? Intelligence investigation, yeah. In the tower or in the open? Uh, in the... Do it in the open, that's fine. Three plus seven is ten. Um, Show off. Yeah, you, 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 um, (laughs) you're, you're honing in on something, but basically the stall holder is just determined to sell you some, um, really interesting food and drink. You strike up actually a good friendship with this river trader. Um, a good conversation and which ends up in friendship um, and you end up spending um, a couple of well silver pennies equal to twice your proficiency bonus having a sharing a drink a cup of tea a pipe um, he gives you some absolutely fantastically 
spicily flavoured sausage and like a sausage sandwich, like in a roll, and, <laughs> which is really, really nice. Um, and he uh, so just cross off some silver pieces. Done. Uh, you felt uh, um, so equi equivalent to twice your proficiency bonus. Yeah, done. Is probably quite. You spent a fortune with him. He's very, very amiable with Most you. Expensive sausage sandwich I've had since. I've been to places like this. <laughs> so kind of push chairs. Yeah, so basically you are counted as... Uh, so these are called the, the air folk. You spend yourself for pennies and you are now counted as an air folk friend from, if you visit the island again, which gives you bonuses wow. on other things. So yeah, he's really, really friendly. Um, being a woodman and actually from fairly close to here uh, helped. You had some common common stuff you were discussing. And anyone else wants to try their luck to find any, any bargains, let me know. Modern's going to be more interested in the politics, the sort of martial side of it, so he's walking around, he's looking more at the people, who's armed, <clears throat> is there any kind of central place that looks like where they're reporting to, is there guard towers, is there anybody who's carrying arms who doesn't quite look like they're, wo they're a woodman or fit in there, that kind of thing? So you you can see a bunch of, there's food vendors, there are um, normal equipment sellers, there, there isn't that much, I guess, because there's quite a few folk here. Some of them are armed, I would say about 20% of the storeholders and the ones that have more valuable looking stock like wine, for example, it's like a wine store. Uh, they they have someone with, with weapons, but no, they're not really that well armed. Um, it's not the kind of place orcs would inv invade or anything. And they obviously know a, a lot of the river folk know each other around here and they just, some of it's being bartered. It's not even exchanging coin. So the kind of things you can see, uh, as well as like normal types of equipment that you'd normally be able to buy, uh, and, and typical trade goods, wine, for example. Someone selling Lucky Charms looks like like multiple drink drink stores, those kind of things. If you want to try your luck, you can roll the dice and see, uh, make an investigation check to try and find something interesting, like Chris did. Um, otherwise, it's just literally just a, a, a series of shops. You can just buy kind of what you want. His sausage sandwich is delicious, he'll say as, as Moaning wanders by. Yeah, he'll spend twice his proficiency and become a, an Aelfic friend. No, you roll on the table. Uh, yeah, you roll, see what you get. A, give me an investigation check. The sausages are easy. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I only got a ten. You could find something much more valuable. Yeah. Seventeen. Right. This is, oh, this is very interesting. Spend ten times your proficiency bonus. You bought a lucky charm of the air folks. You spent gold pieces equivalent to your oh, proficiency bonus. You've been completely fleeced. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I didn't get a sausage sandwich. Luckily, your proficiency bonus, I think, is zero. Oh, no, it's just two. Uh, your, uh, your, your standard proficiency. I, I actually, I'm not even sure you are proficient. I'm not proficient in investigation, but obviously got the normal proficiency. If you're not Plus proficient, two. you don't apply it, I don't think so. You don't. You, you bonus just, is just a standard... Level-based yeah. thing, isn't it? I assumed yeah, it was absolutely. my... Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my plus got... two for being fourth level or whatever it is. Yeah. So. Yeah, okay. Not my um, plus seven for being good at investigation. So you've got a, you've got a very nicely carved bone, bone fish-shaped uh, motif. <laughs> Bearing the timeless legend, Frey Bonnie Scotland. <laughs> <laughs> Rampant mackerel ashtray. I only have one gold piece, though, <laughs> and then I have no money. Um... Yeah, uh, so you spent, right, mark up eight silver. You spent it two silver on that. Um, 
you uh, you weren't quite fleeced as, as badly. There are some interesting stuff on here. That that wasn't one of them. Actually, it's it's a rabbit foot on a leather neck thong. That's what you bought, and the the, the person selling it was very convincing that this is it's got magical elven properties. Ah! <laughs> magical dwarven properties. I've Ooh. dropped it in your. It's called River Charm. I think I put it in your. Or at least I tried to put it in your. Uh, yeah, River Charm. So have a look at what it is. It actually does have some beneficial properties. Oh, okay. I'll have a look. And how much do I take <laughs> off for that? Sorry, was it two silver or four? Make it five, um, because it is. It does actually have a some determined value in the game. Okay. Well, Sigmar is wandering around with his uh, agent eye open, seeing what he can see, but he's certainly not intending to buy anything. <laughs> so yeah, it's it is literally just traders. I mean, if people are here buying and selling, there's some deals being done. Looks like um, there was an area where people are having a a very serious conversation, kind of looking like almost like contracts are being discussed um, with much larger deals. But most of it looks like river traders and then people from the Anduin who are coming here to buy things. The stock here is way, way better than you've seen in the kind of settlements in Mirkwood. Definitely better than anything like Stonyford, which tends to be just basic tools that are made by the villagers there. Um, probably second only to Mountain Hall in terms of availability of, of stock. Um, but and it, it doesn't seem to be particularly dangerous. I mean, it's it's naturally very well protected by the river. So and they'll get a decent warning if anything's there. And it looks like it's the sort of place that could be they could clear up and bugger off on boats really fast if they needed to. Possible sanctuary? You could you could you could open it. The issue would be though it's it's not the kind of place you'd want to winter at because there's there's no no protection here. So uh, you don't know if people are, are coming and going all year round. You doubt it though. Value of the place as a sanctuary is not high. Um the value of being friends here is is positive though. Yeah, uh, it's a good place to come there. for supplies and maybe maybe when we get to know people a bit of gossip and news, etc. So it's a good place to come to. And what it's very is, is, is unusual stuff that isn't normal trading. So if there's none of that, then that's fine. No, it, it's it's definitely just trading. There's nothing. Um, Magrick's not really blending in with people. He's kind of sitting, smoking a pipe, looking out there over the river. Um, he looks quite bored with trade and stuff. Uh, you you were quite keen to come here, so he kind of tolerated that. But he, so Gladden Fields, you can see it's marked on the map, um, is where you're wanting to to head for. You could buy a small skiff to go down the river because if you remember, Magrick suggested going down the river from east of the Wolfswood and then going back up the tributary um, and getting off the other side of the river because there's no real boats to cross it unless you've got one. So going up the Gladden that way. And then getting off, I don't know, somewhere around here. And then investigating the Gladden Fields, which is very marshy. And in order to do that, we'd need our own boat, really. Hence the buy our own skiff. To do that. Or or you could rent rent time from someone. Uh, rent a week of someone's time to do that. I guess it depends what the difference is. So we could... If Mag could Magrick investigate that, would he be a good person to do that? Because he's more local. 
rather than us looking a bit indoorsy and getting ripped off, could he find the cost of someone taking us down there versus the cost of us just buying our own boat? If he's sitting and smoking his pipe looking bored, then he might as well give him something to do. These are some types of boats. You clearly won't be getting a Dromond. <laughs> but um, a raft or a skiff would be. So a skiff is like a larger rowing boat, basically. Mm -hmm. uh, a raft is obviously a raft. It was basically a large raft with two of a person punting at either side that you were taken across on. Big mm -hmm. enough, much bigger than that, but it's big enough to carry uh, horses even. Um, and it looks possibly even a wagon. Um, obviously it's a trading island, so people want sometimes bring a lot of stuff onto it. Uh, but skiffs are possibly for sale. Mm -hmm. Give me, whoever wants to check, give me a, uh, basically a luck roll. So give me a D20 roll. See if there's anything in stock. Anyone feeling lucky? Nope. Sigma the lucky, are you feeling lucky? Uh, if you like. Go on. You see? Yes. We've okay. got both. There is a skiff available. Um, so a skiff is a round bottom open boat. It allows from two to eight rear-facing oarsmen. They're not normally used for sea navigation, but may be used within harbours. Um, they're about 16 foot long with about seven foot beam, just space about a quarter of a tonne. There is one available. They are approximately 60 silver and they take a crew of two so it's a total of eight but you basically need two people to row it and up to six passengers they're not cheap though mm. I've, I've only got 15 silver so I've got about 21 if you hadn't all been buying bloody necklaces <laughs> Those bloody sausage sandwiches are really good. Um, and pies. Yeah. yeah. I haven't had what? the pasties yet, but I'm looking forward. What about cost of hirings uh, a couple of people for a yeah. week? Yeah. Um, so that's definitely doable. You see a couple of guys that look like they're negotiating. They have a skiff. They're, so there is a, a very new skiff available, and it, uh, there is a stall that basically selling rivercraft, but it's mainly for commissions. He's been he's been on the island as you got chatting to him for about four or five days to deliver a commission, which is a skiff and the guys that showed up yet, which is why he was kind of interested in selling it to you. Um, however, there are also you do spot some. It looks like they're fishermen. They look like woodsmen, probably from the east bank, and they are chatting and just uh, like sharing a drink and a and some food. But they're the only people that look like they're not trading. So traders wouldn't be interested in doing that but they might be they look like fishermen what do you want to do somebody should probably have a word with them hello lads uh can't help see you looking at uh looking at our sandwiches here but uh pull up a pull up a bit of grass take the weight off <laughs> no, a tussock all right my name's ted this is jimmy looks like your first time is on the island don't see many dwarves on here takes an eye at moaning i a lot of water around here yeah, you don't look like you float very easily and all that gap. No. <laughs> Looking for a um, sturdy skiff. One that doesn't sink. Oh, we, we're fishermen never sunk on the Anduin. Safe as houses, this is. Where are you going? We want to go a ways up the Gladden. 
got an errand to run south of the Gladden. Uh, so our issue is getting across and getting back. Oh, Gladden. Well, we don't normally go up there. We normally just stick to the, the mainstream of the Anduin. Uh, more fish in there. Uh, Gladden's all boggy. It's all marshy. What, you don't want to go up there. There's nothing up there. Or There's ore up there. I mean, keep it to yourself. <laughs> what do you say? Ores? There's some ores up there. <laughs> rocks. Uh, rocks with metals in them. Don't, oh, don't okay. Give, don't you go giving our secrets away, Moaning? We want to. Don't tell her about the ore. Don't tell her about the ore. Evan will know. Evan will be after it. So you see Ted, Ted lean over and like, whisper to Jim, What's he talking about ore? What's that about rocks? Is that like, like iron and steel and stuff? I don't know. Well, we can't get that in a skiff. Wastes bloody tons. Don't you worry about the ore, but that's the kind of thing we want to go looking for. Just mining talk. Okay, that's why you got your dwarf with you. It makes sense. Well, Ted Boyce was back to Jim. Bloody mad if they think they can mine in a bog. <laughs> 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 then uh, Jim Jim looks up and he says, um, "Well, maybe, maybe we can help each other. Um, how long are you going for?" Well, this first trip, probably only, what, about a week? And I'll look at the others to see if they think that's about right. Seven days? Uh, be Tops, to... maybe less, depending on how abundant the ore is and how good the seams are. He says, what, what, does our tracker friend, what does our tracker friend think? How long does it take us to get to there and back? Oh, yeah, good point. I forgot about him. <laughs> Magrick or whatever his name is. Mag Magrick looks up and he's, like, picking his nose, looking quite bored. And he goes, uh, yeah, a couple of days down there. Gonna take a bit longer getting back. No, probably actually day and a half down there with the flow until uh, we get to the till we get to the Gladden. So it's about a day to the Gladden, probably a day, yeah, two days. Uh, the headwaters aren't that fast flowing as it nears the Anduin, but they get pretty fast if you go too far up. But we're only going maybe a two-day trip total to get to where we did depart. I don't know. Going to spend about what up to you guys really. Up to you fellas. Put what. Five ten days in the having a look around and the and he looks at looks you all having a look around for suitable mining sites and then <laughs> and then yeah, maybe um, another another couple of days getting back. No, you heard the man. So fifteen twenty days till we find a decent mine that isn't going to flood in the bog. <laughs> five to ten. Five to ten. Well, I tell you what we'll do. Okay, so they start whispering. Right, do you reckon some five copper pieces? Uh, no, no, okay, so don't be fucking stupid. They're wealthy. And he went, oh, okay, right. Uh, and he, he looks over and says, oh, right, I reckon. I was one... thinking about sort of five copper piece level, really, for. for <laughs> one silver piece up front, and then five coppers a day. <laughs> Miles Beard? How much? <laughs> I think you might That's be a... a bit over ambitious there, boys. <laughs> Maybe we should have a little look around, see if some more people might be able to take us up. So, Sigma says, uh, how about half that, and we give you a one-quarter share of any ore and gems that we find? Whoa, 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 <laughs> whoa, 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 that could be gold. What you doing? Well. Oh, oh and they, 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 their eyes light up when you mention gold moaning, and then you mention shares. Although they kind of, they're not sure whether they know what a quarter is. Um, so you're going to give us gold if you find any. We're going to give you a share of what we find. Well, you, 
Well, we may have to count. There might be some paperwork on this one, boys. Could that be done? Modem feigns uh, anger and stomps off, muttering about gold, not singing about gold. <laughs> um, so Ted looks up and he says, uh, I think you've got yourself a deal. He spits in his hand and holds it out to uh, Sigma. He looks like, he, he looks like he's, he's the one he's like most similar to the two guys in the river. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking their language closest and he says I think you've got yourself a deal so what's what's half of one <laughs> and then and I had to that will work so that's what like and they start, start talking to each other so it's like what what three copper what's half of what's no that's no, five copper five copper up front then and then let's call it oh, I don't even do that five copper every two days there you go round it up sounds reasonable Pleasure doing business with you. Yeah, shakes your hand and um, you, uh, you you got a screaming deal there. I reckon they could catch more fish than that. <laughs> they finish up their sandwiches and stuff. Monin uh, comes back to the skiff and <clears throat> Abel Frieda and folk who've done done their stuff. And you, they get to loading stuff into the boat. Um, any precautions you want to take before starting going south? I think realistically, he's probably going to have to remove his metal armor because it just would be too dangerous if he fell in. Just in case. All right. So you estimate that this can go downstream, maybe forty miles a day. Upstream, about ten miles a day. Mm-hmm. So it's pretty quick. So that trip down from here to the the junction with the Gladden where the Gladden spills out into the Anduin, is going to take you less than a day. It's going to be like, oh, it's really close. It's 20 miles. So that will take you, yeah, a couple of three or four hours to get down there. It's late morning, so that'll be mid-late afternoon. You'll actually be able to take a bit of a turn up into the Gladden Fields type area, um, which is very marshy around there. So let me describe the scenery a little bit as you start traveling. Um, Oh, we can go for a bit of a... Let's go for a bit of a river mood theme, shall we? So you're travelling down river. Um, you're rowing. It sounds sounds like a much bigger boat than you're actually on. Uh, you're being rowed uh, carefully down river by the Ted and Jimmy or what? Ted, uh, Ted and Jim, um, and they're doing a good job. They they really know their business. They're keeping to the western bank fairly closely. Uh, out of the main stream, but uh, enough in it to get a, a good boost from the flow of the river. As you head around the headland, getting closer to the junction, and they said, uh, oh, there's Hags Island. See, uh, basically, it's a tiny, small, tree-covered lump of earth in the middle of the water. Mm-hmm. Um, they get the, it, Despite the, the width of the river here, they're doing the level best to navigate west of it, even though that's much narrower. Um, and if you, as you get close, you can see that there is real jagged rocks just under the surface, almost like a weir, but all broken up east of Hags Island. Um, they said, "Oh yeah, many a many a man's come a cropper on on those rocks." Um, and you go through; it's a bit of like a cork out of a bottle. It goes whistling through this short, uh, very narrow part of the river on the west hand bank between that and the banks of the river. And you kind of pop out at the bottom end safely and they navigate well for you there. And within about another 30 minutes that you are turning upstream into the River Gladden, 
your speed slows dramatically. You're now against the stream. Where the mm -hmm. Gladden meets the Anduin, there was um, quite a... Um, so the Anduin itself was quite clear. I wouldn't say it's like crystal clear because it's grey skies, but not very muddy. But at the junction of the rivers, there's a lot of mud all churned up and it's very brown. Mm -hmm. But after about a mile up the Gladden, it gets much, much um, uh, clearer again. And they seem to be laboring pretty pretty hard. They're sweating. They they stop um, after an, about another couple of hours and pull the skiff up and just take a, a rest, grab um, some food, have a drink. And then they're they're back to their business uh, for about another hour. Uh, but by about you would estimate five six p.m. They they kind of done in for the day and they they say right we're probably I'm guessing about six hours from where you roughly said you wanted to be 20, 20 30 miles up the Gladden. Uh, we'll have you there mid late afternoon tomorrow. But I suggest we camp now and uh, look to look to get some food. They, they look, when you look at them, you can tell that they are lean, fit, outdoor types. I mean, they look like they, they could, they have rode all day, even though it was down downstream. But they, their steady pace upstream looked very, very Impressive. easy yep. as well. Yeah. Good stuff. Okay. And I'm going to keep an eye on Magrick. Does he seem happy in terms of where we are and all the rest of it and, and sort of... Yeah, he seems not... delighted not to be walking. <laughs> yeah, He's just no, got his fine. feet on the side of the boat, so... He's happy, which is what I want. Yeah, that's good. Um, everyone give me a perception check in the tower. So my dog helps with this. So this is... No, he only helps with... Mel I've trained him to... Oh, I'm currently trained for wisdom perception. Yeah, it's, hmm. it's only related to smell or hearing, not vision. Okay. Dog's vision is no better than humans. It's just, did you spot anything on the banks or anything? That's gotcha. Uh, skill, so wisdom perception. If you'd been walking, actually, I'd given it to you because it, you might have right. something, but you're in the river. So. No. Okay, so um, Stigma, you spotted what you thought was like, I don't know, otter holes in the banks um, around the junction of the Gladden. You kind of they look kind of right at, maybe it was, I don't know, water badgers. You're a townie, you're not a, you're not a, uh, a village, uh, a country sort of person, so you wouldn't really know what, what it was, but it looked like, I don't know, maybe badgers had dug a hole in the bank. So. Are you mentioning that because it's unusual? As I haven't seen anything like it. Okay. Oh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's, you didn't see anything else untoward other than that, but um, you hadn't seen... Other than birds, um, any other signs of wildlife or anything really? So, okay, I should point it out, but I, he's not alarmed by it. Okay. Yeah. What holes? Holes? Holes in the bank? Yeah, just small. I don't know, badger size holes, maybe that sort of size. Hey, yes, what's them? Over the on? Ah, oh, probably. Well, I don't know. Some sort of rodents of unusual size, maybe. <laughs> uh, nice Princess Bride reference. <laughs> um, yeah, just just rodents, I guess. They, we don't have any problems with them. Otters, bloody eight otters. They eat fish, but uh, maybe it's beavers. Don't know. All right. Um, so normal precautions for the night. Mm -hmm. um, Mona is going to put. Once we're off the boat, are we? On, or are we in the river still? 
No, no, you, he, they pull the skiff up onto like a shingly shore on the south side. Um, yeah. They say, yeah, within about a few miles, this is going to get really boggy and there's not going to be a lot of a lot of places to be able to get off safely. Um, you're going to be wading through marsh when you when you finally get off. But um, this is about the files we can go and actually get a decent campsite. So they, they pull the skiff up um, out of the water line. Um, they don't even bother hiding it or anything. Uh, it's clear there's probably very little traffic here. And then they, they're looking a bit expectantly at you to feed them and stuff and look for a camp. They sort of, right, where, where are we going to camp, lads? Oh, and lasses, sorry. Sigma the scout for, isn't it? Yeah. Sigma points to a place and says, there. there. Uh, so Sigma, uh, just give me a survival check. Actually, if you're skilled in that, or an investigation check, whichever you're most skilled in. Uh, that would be investigation, Bob. Give me some investigation. Oh, did I just roll two? I don't know why I rolled two. Uh, you are disadvantaged. Knackered. You're disadvantaged. Mm. But you find one that's fine. You, if you remember, you got um, exhausted in the last the last days of the trip. Now that that should go away with a long re- with a decent long rest, but you haven't had one since then. All right. So you you find a, a actually you do even then you find a suitable place. Um, the you've got no problem with water. You get a fire lit. The two guys have some smoked fish um, that they've got, and they're they kind of haven't got a lot of it, and they look a bit expecting you to see if you've got any rations to share. Sure. We have if we do. Well, I presume we stocked up before we left. If not, we stocked up before we left. Yeah, okay. How, how much money would that have cost, roughly? What? It can't be that much. 120 copper pieces for one day's rations. That's 12 silver pieces, isn't it? What? what? Hey. Didn't want lembas. Yeah. yeah, I'll say you've got enough food. Uh, I'm not anal about it so yeah you got you got some food and you, you share it they seem pretty content uh the weather's cool but it's not raining or anything and you put the normal guards out wake up in the morning winds freshened a bit for coming from the mountains it's colder but still fine and pack up after a short and small breakfast put your gear in the skiff and cast back out into the gladden and they start Rowing, uh, rowing, rowing, rowing the uh, rowing the boat up, and it's slower. Um, they've got a very nice, steady pace. As you're getting f- uh, further up the Gladden, um, it's interesting. It's what is a fairly wide river where it met the Anduin. Uh, <laughs> Moon Mo- is looking grumpy in his like undershorts, sitting in the back of the skiff. As you, as, you, as they as they go further and further up the Gladden. The what was a wide river where it met the Anduin gets it's still wide, but there's lots and lots of kind of marshy areas that are almost intermingling. And it's it almost is like multiple channels that you're going through here. And with many, many um, insects biting, lots of frog calls and those kind of things. Um, And you're uh, it's not that pleasant. It's it's there's a smell of rot and those kind of things from uh, where you are. (laughs) Put your armor back on there. <laughs> <laughs> smell of bit rock. of a description. There. So, as the Gladden spills into the Anduin, it creates a waterlogged landscape of ponds, little slow-flowing channels, and marshes called the Gladden Fields. 
though the marshes are not especially perilous or unpleasant this land knew the elves long ago and their blessing lingers here in summer the fields become fields of gold and streams of silver as flowers bloom on the banks and fish leap in the waters you're not there yet however traveling at speed through the marsh is impossible those who choose to not to march around the marshes must either use a flat bottom boat or resign themselves to struggling in and out of sucking mud so you know that's what you've got in store for you mm -hmm. um, when you finally get out but good to their word after by about equivalent to mid-afternoon you've reached the the area that they suggest and they said well what we're going to do we're going to do some fishing um, we'll come back here every two days and camp and we'll come back like two, four, eight, six, eight days. If you're going to be longer than 12 days, you can make your own way back up north. Um, so we've got fish to sell and stuff, but we'll give you that length of time. That, that'll be enough time, do you think? I'll look yeah. at Magrick, see if he looks happy. Your investigation, lads. In which case, yeah, we'll get it done in that time. Aye. We All right, be rich, boys. They start heading with the current back down as soon as they've let you and your equipment off. It is pretty unpleasant, I must say. Let me just stop that sound effect and uh, and go for a less, much less pleasant one. It's uncomfortable, marshy, and not very nice um, where you are. This is what the Gladden Fields looks like. So there's any that says you can see in that image. There's, there's swampy, marshy river. There's also a load of um, little, little tributaries. It's an old land. Um, there are certain bits of it that are not marsh, but it's mainly marshy. Um, how do you want to search it? Magritte says, I mean, I can I can kind of try and keep you to the safer spots, but don't really know what you're looking for. So, yeah, let's have a quick reconfirmation of what the hell we're doing, I guess. So are we here to investigate the trappers or furriers that have gone missing? Well, have we cut straight to looking for this um, Glimmerhorn that was seen, you know, in the area? You think they may be tied together? Yeah, I do. I do. But I just, is this guy being commissioned to just take us wherever we want to go? Or was, are we with him to find the missing furriers, trappers? Uh, your mission, I think, was to investigate whether these rumours of this thing is, are real and what will happen to the trappers. To be honest, yeah. the um, just both together. The, the leader of Mountain Hall wasn't that interested in the trappers. trappers. Than, yeah, yeah. But he, he does want to find something on his doorstep that could be yep. a bigger threat. So, so let's go looking for this um, Glimmerhorn. So, do we need to find high ground so we can see further? Uh, Is there um, any high ground? Was it? It's really hard. Yeah, uh, okay. really hard to find. So, I'll give you a long rest. Sigma. Um... Nice. And you feel rested as if by magic. So in order to, to do this from a, um, from a game point of view, um, you're going to need to basically divide up hmm. the fields. You'll get a couple of uh, rolls per day to detect things it's not that easy though you do have magrit with you so you're not going to be cutting across the same yeah you shouldn't get hopes because you lost and go around in circles for three days yeah the same same terrain so what i want is either a wisdom perception 
or an intelligence investigation check. So this is for hunters and scouts fundamentally. Whoever Which your hunters is, and scouts are. Amal Frieda was the hunter, I believe, and Sigmar and was the Sigmar scout. The scout. So let me clear. Does anyone or can someone play Amal Frieda if I clear Stuart's token? Yeah, I'm happy to. Yeah. So Amal Frieda needs to give me a perception or survival check, and Sigmar, yeah, okay. give me an investigation check. So you, you spend the first day getting a bit disenchanted. Um, Sigmar still feeling a bit hungover from his from his exhaustion. Um, woke up in a grumpy mood. Wasn't that engaged in doing much research. Didn't really contribute a lot. Um, Amalfrida did find what you thought could have been useful. There was you you come across a trail in the in the marsh, and you are wading anything between hillocky land that could maybe go 20, 30 paces uh, and your feet are dry to wading waist, almost waist deep in bog between hillocks. That's the kind of terrain you're in. It's really unpleasant. Mm. Um, but you do find, uh, or Amalfrida comes across a trail. Unfortunately, it tangles out, it, it tangles around a bit and then it peters out. Um, but it winds its way amongst great big rushes, tangled reeds of the of the terrain. And it looks like it's been fairly recently used. There, you've you see a distinct booted footprint in it, but that's the only like vague clue that there's humanity around here. The rest of it, you haven't seen anything all day. Okay, but then we lose the trail. Yeah, you lost it. I mean, it it, it was just some some uh, rushes beaten down and a footprint. That's pretty much mm. what you saw. Okay, so there's there is life out here. Yeah. Can we examine yeah, the like footprint a bit further? Uh, yeah, give me an investigation check. Sigmar, have a look at this. Yeah, so Monin, you you take a good hard look at it. Your decimate may be no more than two or three days old, but it's impossible to tell what, what made it other than it's it's a regular boot-type shape, just like a heel print, but it could be human, elf, orc, goblin. You've got no idea. Okay. I don't know, it's um, better at looking at this. I can't tell the difference what it is. I'd like to know oh, what's wandering around here. Hathas will happily have a look at it. Well, okay. This is investigation on the... Investi boot. Investigation, yeah. Hathas, do you look at it and you say, yeah, that looks... That's definitely human. That's like... Um, can you see here when he points out to you, moaning that... Look, this is... You can see where the heel stops here. So orc orc have tend to have like flat shoes. This one's definitely got a heel. That would be probably a woodman boot. But yeah, it's uh, only two or three days old. It's a sign that there are people in the marshes. Mm-hmm. Ah, good. As long as not orc. You okay? So you camp the next night. Um, thing you Is there much bird life and wildlife around, John? Yeah, it's it's pre-spring, so it's cold and. Uh, it's quite a lot of fog and mist in the in the marshes now here. It's damp. You struggle that night to find somewhere totally dry to camp. I mean, it's almost like bungee grass underneath you that if you sit there for a long time, it just gets wet yep. underneath you. Um, actually, I'm sure everyone here's walked in marshes before. It's not very nice. And uh, that's exactly what this is like. You're fortunate to have Magrick with you. He does manage to find somewhere that does have some firm ground, but you waste two hours at the end of the day just literally looking for somewhere to put a put your campsite um 
you feel fairly safe. I mean, there's nothing in the marshes that you've seen that's of any threat at all. It's not the kind of place that people will come into. Well, unless the rumors of this this uh, weird place in, in the marshes are true. But overnight, you, you can't be having the normal guard roster, wake up in the morning feeling refreshed and didn't encounter anything. Almost okay, so next, yeah, next day, give me, to, yep, give me two, more, two more searches, guys. It's getting better. Nice. She's getting her eye in now. Getting Sigma, Sigma identical, identical thing. So, um, Amal Freedy, um, just as getting up to dusk on the second day, you're fairly despondent. You're actually beginning to look for a camp, but you catch a very ominous sight through through the mist and the fog, and it's of, of a distant, dark, rocky hillock to Ooh. the west. You, and she's really excited. You start heading towards it for a while, but then. You just lose it in the fog. It just dis- disappears. And it, despite Amalfrida's best efforts, she kind of tracks it for about a good part of an hour. And you, she sees it occasionally and it just disappears again in the fog. And it's a damn good thing. You're convinced that you would have walked at least the distance between where you spotted it and the hillock. Mm-hmm. It was only maybe half a mile to a mile away. Yep. And you, despite spotting it a couple of times, you never get there and so you kind of give up it's actually you had a fairly miserable night um you don't find a great campsite after that it's the, the closest sign you've got that there is might be something weird going on here did anyone else see it at any point or was it just yeah no it's uh you all did now when Abel Frieda brilliant okay yeah okay it wasn't just she saw it and said no it's over here it's over here everyone did yeah yeah good I have a plan okay. mm-hmm why don't we make them come to us? Maybe set a wee trap, a very large fire in the in the highest point we can find around these parts. Set a trap and see what comes to find it, and then capture something, get it to take us, and reveal the secret of how it gets to this place. We lose the element of surprise. I know, and there might be a whole lurk, might be like sixteen of them. But just a thought. If if tomorrow by the end also of tomorrow, maybe consider it if we can't find it still. Yeah, because we're worried about bands of orcs as well, weren't we? So we might draw greater than one party to us. Something to think about, though. Aye. So you're... You've now been three days. This is this will be your third day. Yeah. Um, everyone give me a roll in the... Sorry, sorry Sigma and Amalfrida. Give me another roll to, to check this out. You're seeing some clues. You're you're triangulating the marsh. Um, <laughs> Amalfrida's getting better. is <laughs> getting, getting very impressive. She's got detailed um, sketches and everything now. Love so this marsh. is your most worrying thing to date. Uh, you don't spot the, don't spot anything else, other than you during the mid morning. Your come around like a, a almost like a copse of grass it's it's like 15 feet tall waving in the breeze it's massively tall um can't see over it or through it you kind of have to go around it and at the other side of it there was some of it's been pushed down pretty recently and you track back into this like thicket of very tall grass and it's clear that there was a there's signs of a camp in there um there's chewed bones discarded remnants of food um it's and it's not someone that cares at all about 
nature nature and wildlife yeah yeah it's all been trampled down there's there's like a a latrine with flies flying around it one side of the like small clearing that made it didn't even bother like using putting latrine in in the water or anything um and as you examine the whole area this is clearly something where uh you would you would guess it was orcs i was gonna say does this feel like orcs this time it's in terms of tra- even like small trees and plants seem to be like used for hacking practice there's like limbs taken off small bushes and stuff yeah that matches what scattered around before. yeah so there is signs of more than just humans here do we get an idea of numbers yeah give me an investigation check if you want to ch- oh actually no i'm afraid to check that probably about six six or eight maybe okay Six Hathoth. That's only six Hath we can take there. And how long do we think since they were here? So you would estimate maybe two days, not long. Okay, six orcs a couple of days ago. Yeah. And do we think we can track them from here? Yes, you can until they hit water, and they'll hit water within like 50 yards. So, oh, okay. Um, yeah, so you, you you spend a little bit of time looking and it just disappears after after like another 30 minutes in in frustration mm. and kind of give up on that as an idea magrix says uh after t- towards mid-afternoon on that third day that he thinks there's a higher area to the in the marshes kind of close-ish by a bit further to the north which is actually a bit close to the rivers you're gonna you've kind of been heading a bit more southwest at the moment you're probably you would estimate you about there in the Gladden Fields, but he thinks if you kind of head back up northwest, that kind of direction, you may get something. If you're looking at the map, sorry, you may get something more uh, more useful. But you're basically at the A in Gladden, roughly. So that okay. little arrow is the one to look at. Um, mm-hmm. Cool. For now, there's high ground, then that makes sense to me for us to sneak up there without getting outlined and see if we can see a bit further. All right, he says, well, let, let's look at that tomorrow. And he suggests you camp now. Is that okay? Yeah, let's uh, be on our guard tonight. All right. I have all the, the bowstring ready. Arrows ready. Okay. One second. Maybe even double watches tonight. No horn recitals from the dwarven contingent. Alas, no. <laughs> I'm I can see by the tears that... of happiness that they, you're going to miss that. <laughs> yes. You don't encounter anything that night. Um, Magrick's leaving you fairly confidently the next day. Let's see if there's uh, some more swampy sounds I can play. Moving next day to get back up to this higher ground. You can see a little bit through the marsh and the, the fog up ahead that he may be right. Who is the lookout? It's you, isn't it, Moni? You can suddenly hear through the fog up ahead sound of several animals crashing and jumping, almost like jumping through the bog. And you can hear uh, a lot of water splashing around. And then you can start hearing some screams and howls almost. Give me an insight check, Monin. When you heard that noise, you happened... So, Magrick's leading you. You happened to look at 
all of you heard it at the same time and kind of looked. Oh, sorry. Uh, you, you and Margaret heard it at the same time and looked up. He looked over his shoulder at you and he seemed quite pale when he looked at you guys. What do you want to do? It's coming towards you, this sound, and you've literally just heard it. What action do you want to take? So it's crashing and screaming. Yep, coming towards you. He pulls his bowstring out, starts stringing his bows. Can have company in a little second? Margaret, you know what this is. What is it? Speak, boy. I, d- I don't know. What is it? Sigma's ah, protect me. Yeah, start drawing a, drawing a bow. So do you want to... Um, so you just like... Is there any cover? Weapons, storing a bow. Uh, is there any you'd cover? Have to, you'd, any... Have to, you'd have to try and find something if you wanted to use it as cover. Um, and that would take a stealth check from Sigmar to try and find something suitable. And what about our footing? How solid is our footing? Or are we on very unstable tussocks? And is there any firmer ground we can we can stand on? It's a great question. So, um, Sigmar, you find some some area behind some bushes. Uh, give me a survival check. Um, uh, no, saving throw, actually. Have us to see if you can find good footing. Can that be an Amal Frida thing? Because she's more of a tactical combat person than... The oh yeah, half. sorry. If it, if it was her you're asking from, yeah. That's yeah, fine. let's do that then. So, what what was the the save of the roll, John? It's a survival, actually a wisdom save. Sorry. Okay. Um, so yes, not only is your your like ambush site behind bushes, but they the root system is is attracted a lot of grass and it's pretty stable behind there. Good. Um, I will place you guys on a map, and then shit might happen. So you're in a marshy. A marshy sort of area. Um, the sound is coming from that kind of direction. Can't see it. You can hear it. Everyone roll initiative, please. Hathus <laughs> <laughs> fell face down in the swamp. <laughs> well, Sigmar didn't. Know. Yeah, it's just contrast those initiative rolls between Hathus's one and Sigmar's 19. <laughs> right. Suddenly into view. Can you see that M symbol? Uh, there is a single figure stumbling, thrashing through the mud and the murk, looking over his shoulder through some willow trees over the far side of that, that open area. So it, this is very watery, the kind of grey. The, uh, the the brown area where you are is more solid, and the green areas are much more um, almost like bushes and things you can't see through so he's a, he, he comes across this fairly stable ground and then splashes almost chest deep into this horrible water and he looks very bedraggled it's he looks like a northman by his looks he's dressed in rags and he's obviously in great distress his hands are manacled together uh and his his face is just gaunt thin months of starvation on it um and he's and it's he's got what could be cuts or something across his face and like an exposed shoulder you can see sigma you get to act so that's what you saw you can act first does he look like he's running from something imminently as in is he just glancing over his shoulder that oh he's he's absolutely looks petrified and it looks like something's hot on his heels yeah well i'm gonna stay low and and take aim at what's pursuing him okay so just hit the ready action um uh, it should that? be a cool feature. You can, if you right-click on your own character now, and then click the triangle effects button. There's a radial button there. 
you can then you can automatically select readied actions and stuff. So the readied action is the bell with a one on it, the yellow bell with a one on it there. <laughs> that's the that's a new feature of the new add-on. Did that work okay for you? Oh, yeah, it did. Perfect. Um, I'm afraid so, oh, oh, gold. Okay. So yeah. just just hit next actor, Neil, uh, and uh, we'll go go around. Are we so, behind bushes? Uh, sort of. Yeah, you are. You are hidden at the moment. Uh, oh, you believe you are. In which case, Amal Frida will, when it gets to her, she'll do the same thing. She will ready it's, to dash sorry, out. It's not, it's not quite her yet. Sorry. Uh, oh, okay. From around, sorry, out, yeah. out of the bushes to the southeast, uh, getting to about there, Sigma is an orc soldier. Comes running out of the bushes. Loping along is almost on all fours in, at certain parts, and he's growling and screaming. Um, and he looks like he's gone around the other side of that little green set of bushes from where the human is. But that, if that, if you want, that will trigger a an ambush type action if uh, as you'd read it. Well, I didn't actually specify, but I well, okay. What I'd like to do is just wait to to see who else is coming. Uh, and if I'm fairly sure it's only him, then I'll shoot him. There's definitely more noise than one. You know how many? And you heard you heard growls as well as orcs. Basically, I'm, I'm not going to give away my position then until he gets about as close as that M thing is now. All right. So anyone going into the water type level you, that would trigger a shot, but otherwise yeah. no. Okay. So he comes. He comes running around. He gets to about there. That round. Uh, now it's Amalfrida. Well, she will follow. Uh, Sigmar's ambushing lead so she will also ready an action that if someone enters the water threatening matey boy roughing a level matey boy she will charge out and try and hit them so she'll kind of join in the ambush activities and that cool and, and next, next actor. actor so another orc comes running up from the south this time um, and he's he's making ground on him he's not quite in the water yet though and then from, holy crap, what's this? From the south, from the east side, uh, yeah, you know what this is. Oh, it's big. It's massive. It's a massive wild wolf comes crashing through. It looks like he's working with the orcs, not mm. chasing them at all. And then immediately after that, some sort of pack, it comes a second, um, crashing through the underbrush. And they, they're very focused. They haven't seen you guys at all. You can just tell that they're very focused on tracking this, hunting this poor guy down. You hear a bellow and coming up behind the second wolf is, you've not seen something like this before. It's, a, it's ugly. It's humanoid. It's bigger than the orcs by a margin. Um, but you don't know exactly what it is. It's not a normal orc soldier that you've seen before. Monin, you are up. Okay, so uh, Monin was all looking at Sigmar and Amalfrida to see what they were doing. But when he sees all this suddenly appear, there's ah, fuck this, and just pulls on his greatbow and lets one go at the unknown humanoid. And <laughs> <laughs> lets one go. <laughs> okay, target and have a, have a fly. Good luck. For the Shire. <laughs> Ooh, did you hear that greatbow sound? I did. Feel free to turn your volume up. You'll be able to hear it. 
hear the glorious sound effects of combat now in right but i assume that was a miss there's only a 12 you yeah. were targeting him so unfortunately that's a miss you're not going to get the glorious sound effects of splatting an arrow into him uh huan you are up next what did your dog do uh he will sit and wait and see definitely slot in behind and react to hathas rather than go before his master so huan waiting for the yep. boss to do something uh, another yeah. another orc comes running around from the south um, in hot pursuit, and they are the, their blood is up. Magric's looking at you, looking at them, and going. Uh, he's looking. He's looking like oh oh fuck shit fuck. Um, and he screams, ambush ambush, and sprints that way. Now, did you have a bow out, Hathus or yes. staff? Yeah. Both. Okay, you you can't get a well, you can get an attack of opportunity, but it will be disadvantage. If you want to... with... Yeah, so he sort of given the warning and legged it straight at them, yelling ambush. Yeah. yeah. So can I? Is this so an attack you... opportunity with my it's... bow, which I have out, or with my staff? It's what? with a bow, which will be a disadvantage because he's like right was right next to you. And so you have to immediately react. No, no, but you, you can attack him when it's your turn next, um, if you want. But or you no, can get an I'll, attack of opportunity now. So I'll, I'll go for the attack of opportunity now, in, in outrage and disgust at this. Uh... Actually, what what you could do, uh, I guess you've kind of ready an, an arrow, but just like club him with your bow. Uh, that's another option. Or try and stab him with an arrow from from close by. It's just an improvised weapon. Whatever yeah, whatever. Most realistic. Yeah. Okay, he'll try and stab him with the arrow in sort of. Disgust, I guess. So, yeah, just roll a... Oh, it won't be the same damage as an arrow, but um, roll a dagger or a quarterstaff attack. Yeah, missed. So that missed. Um, what are you doing? Then he's off. So he makes... He's just sprinting towards these guys, and he's, he's, he's waving his arms and saying, Ambush! Ambush! In the bushes! Okay, so that was Magrick. Another orc soldier comes up. It looks like there's more coming around the southern side of this bush. Oh, jeeps. Hathis, it's your action now. Well, Hathis planned to bow one of the orc soldiers. Okay. Oh! (laughs) 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 Nice. Yeah. That was a nice critical sound you got there. So that was a hell of a shot from Hathas. Hathas steps up like uh, elven tails of yore and lets loose exactly. through the through the brush, and it spears him straight in the chest. And he's kind of this orc staggering along, <gasps> just looking down at an arrow stuck in his chest. Brilliant. Uh, and he, he's not going anywhere. Hathas, he's going to duck down or yeah, disappear behind the bush if he can. But he's pleased, quietly smug with himself on that one. So technically, if if uh, the held actions of Sigmar and uh, Amalfrida were to shoot any enemy that gets closer than where that M is now, would that count? Would that include Magric? Yeah, I'll, I'll allow that. He's definitely, definitely dobbed you in it. So yeah, he just wanted the glorious sound effects of criticaling the. Oh, I, don't, I don't know. Just I'm trying it on John, basically. No, that's fine. That's a hit. One damage is that. One damage is that. I think I'll go I'll for the, the one. The first one. Okay, just drag <laughs> that off, Magric. That's great. 
I'd love the sound effects. It definitely helps. Uh, right. Um, um, Frida then will target um, him with her spear. That's a thrown weapon, isn't it? Yeah, just check the range. There might be a range modifier. Well, she'll still do it and see what happens. She's, got, she's bristling with weapons. Oh, why is that? Why is she... Is that giving her advantage? Maybe it's disadvantage. No, it's, so far. It, it automatically calculates the range penalty. Okay. Gotcha. So 16 drops 17. That's still... Bloody so um, the, it's, it's what I like about this. It, it auto-calculates that. Now you don't need to worry about it based on the map distance. So which that worked fine. Um, <laughs> wow. Hell of a throw from Amalfrida. That's like near max range. Nice. It's like 55 feet out of 60. This yeah. spear arcs over the rushes. <laughs> you think... I mean, how does it look at it? Okay, that trajectory's all wrong there. And then it yeah. impales itself between his shoulder blades as he's running and uh, has a hell of a throw from, from Amalfrida. Well done. And that's where we're going to leave this episode. Just as battle's being joined, let's hope that's all the combatants there's going to be. Next episode, we'll see the conclusion of that fight. Thanks very much for watching, listening, subscribing, following. Got more subscribers. I did name check you in our other actual play, in the praise of old men. But I want to say, again, thank you to all of you who listened to this and watched this. Cheers. Catch you next time. Bye-bye.